Everybody and welcome back to The Reverb. I'm your host, Unatin Koma. On today's episode, we continue with our mini-series, Get to Know the Genre. This is a series that delves deeper into the genres on the cusp of the mainstream, have broken through, or experiencing a resurgence. On today's episode, we'll be taking a look at one of my favorite genres, and that is Afrobeats. The rise of Afrobeats in recent years tells an interesting story about music's ever-evolving landscape. Despite its current popularity and becoming the sound of a continent, it wasn't long ago that the genre was considered a niche and consumed as a novelty. Helping me unpack the Cinderella story of Afrobeats is Kat Hupendi. Kat is a Johannesburg-based Afrobeats and Alte Cruise DJ. Kat is known for her dazzling mixes, which are showcased as part of a weekly residency on 5FM's Live at Night with Smash Africa. Initially, Kat was an alternative DJ, playing music from the likes of Banks and Little Dragon. However, she felt that there were too many playing a similar sound and soon shifted her attention to the genres that she was a longtime listener and fan of, Afrobeats and Alte Cruz. Alte Cruz being a subgenre and movement exploring the sounds and styles outside of the mainstream Afrobeats. I started just slowly introducing it into my sets, you know, and what I realized was that 15, 20 minutes that I play that type of music was often the peak of my set. That's when people were just dancing the most and having the best time. So I was like, okay, I'm rebranding as an Alte Cruz DJ. So I still wasn't DJing like your normal mainstream Afrobeats. Okay, cool. I'm DJing Alte Cruz. People are getting the hang of it, but it's like, okay, they get it, but they don't get it. And then I decided, you know what, I'm probably going to have to incorporate the mainstream Afrobeats into my set, like artists that South Africans are familiar with. Often Afrobeats is confused with Afrobeat. The distinction between the two genres not only lies in the S, but also in sound. Afrobeat is a genre originating in the late 60s, early 70s. The fellow Kuti-led sound is a blend of traditional Yoruba music, jazz, funk, and Ghanaian high life. When describing the sound of Afrobeats, it's almost always hard to define or put into one box. Electronic, catchy, rhythmic. It is the sound of an urban Africa, specifically Lagos. The incorporation of other genres such as R&B, dancehall, house and jazz create a uniquely African yet international sound. The use of pidgin and Nigerian languages such as Yoruba or Igbo only add to this. I would say it's very rhythmic and a lot of the songs actually have the same rhythm. There's this one specific rhythm that a lot of Afrobeat songs have. It goes ba, 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 ba. And then obviously it has all the other instrumentals and all. In a nutshell, it's very percussive. I think that there's always been an undercurrent when it comes to the breakthrough of Afrobeats. As weird as it may sound, I think it all began at the beginning of the 2010s with the heavy EDM phase dictating music. By 2015, this had shifted to Tropical House. 
an EDM subgenre blending house beats with Caribbean instruments and genres such as soca, reggae, and dancehall. Sorry by Justin Bieber should come to mind. I think that this sound made way for one of the biggest songs of this past decade, and arguably the song that introduced Afrobeats to a global, specifically American audience, and that is Drake's One Dance. Personally, I would consider this a dancehall song with Afrobeats elements, such as the Whiskey feature and DJ Maporisa on production. Another collab between Drake and Wizkid, this time featuring Skepta on Wizkid's song, Ojua Legba, only created further interest in the genre. By 2017, Afrobeats had reached new heights thanks to the success of Davido's songs, If... If I tell you, say I love you, oh. My money, my body, now your own, oh baby. And four. Money fall on you. Banana fall on you. Prada fall on you. Cause I'm in love with you, eh. The release of Burner Boy's fourth studio album, African Giant, in 2019, lived up to its name, further cementing Afrobeat's global appeal, with not only commercial success, but critical acclaim, by garnering a Grammy nomination for Best World Album at the 62nd Grammy Awards in 2020. By the decade's end, many international artists follow suit and started collaborating with Afrobeats artists and making Afrobeats inspired music. This also impacted and influenced the sustained interest in Afrobeats locally, Kat points out. Globally, I'd say when international artists started getting involved, like your Drake's, Drake specifically, because he started doing a lot of like Afrobeats-y dancehall type of songs the one dance controller you know those are really like dancehall afrobeaty type of songs so i think including international artists in the genre definitely helped in the rise of it globally in south africa specifically there was a period where it was booming like that Wizkid era he first came onto the scene then it kind of like died then there was ice prince and p square and debange you know then that era kind kind of died it's mr easy davido burner boy so in essay it's a bit sporadic now it's slowly on the rise again the appeal of Afrobeats lies in its addictive beats and easy listening this in conjunction with the rise of pan-africanism and the importance of the relationship between the black diaspora and the continent as seen through films such as black panther the live action lion king and black is king has placed Afrobeats as the face of african music with Kat sharing similar sentiments. There's this cultural obsession with Africa, especially in America. They're really obsessed with the culture of Africa, and I think Afrobeats is something that just really defines Africa. I mean, even though that's not true, but I think for the West, it's like, oh, yeah, this sounds so African. I love it. So I think there's that as well. Yeah, I mean, Africa is way more than just Afrobeats. If we're talking about the music, there's so much of it, but it seems like that's what resonates the most with the West. When it comes to the factors in the rise of Afrobeats, there are two major ones. Firstly, social media, and secondly, the Nigerian diaspora. 
diaspora. The globality, popularity and easy navigation of social media have allowed for many to be exposed to songs from other countries. Streaming platforms such as Spotify have made the genre more accessible. However, it is the Nigerian diaspora in Europe, particularly in the UK, that have been vital in Afrobeat's international success. I can personally attest to this having visited the UK in 2015. It was there where I first learned about the growing popularity and excitement surrounding the genre. I also saw the support provided to Afrobeats via the British Nigerian community through media, with music channels playing Afrobeats music videos and dedicated Afrobeats radio stations. The preservation and fusion of the culture by the Nigerian diaspora is something that is also noticed by Cat. You have the diaspora that's like all over the world. So they're definitely listening to the music from home or even if they themselves are musical artists and they're out in America, the UK, whatever parts of Europe, bringing that vibe from home, that musical feel from home and incorporating it into your own art. So I think that also just helps spread this Africanness to these other parts of the world. You have all these people from Africa living everywhere else. With Afrobeats now global, I've actually realized that it is very male-dominated, with the likes of Wizkid, Davido and Burner Boy leading charge, but still making space for male newcomers like Rema. However, this is the opposite when it comes to women in the Afrobeats industry, with only a handful, namely Tiwa Savage, Yemi Alade, Tenny and Niniola doing well. The system of patriarchy and lack of equal opportunity is not only found in the Afrobeats world, but also in the DJ industry, as Kat explains. Women have to work so much harder to prove themselves, even if they are on the same level as their male counterparts, or even better. And that's just the world in general. You know, any industry that you refer to, you'll find that men are dominating that industry. And it's really just owed to the way society is. I mean, even in South Africa, like, I'm without DJs even, let me speak as a DJ, very male-dominated. I mean, people want to celebrate when there's one woman on a lineup. And I'm like, why is that something worth celebrating? that's just one woman like are you telling me that's the best you can do when there are so many capable women who can be on your lineup politics has always been a popular subject matter within afrobeats and even more so in 2020 with the nsars movement but i do wonder if it's just circumstantial or will this activism through afrobeats continue one way that people have protested through many 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 years you know is through music you have like protest artists and such so i think that concept as a way to bring awareness is still going to be around especially if you think of a country like nigeria oh geez there's a lot happening in nigeria there's the end sars movement there is just very blatant corruption happening in that country the state of the country itself people don't have power they don't have access to water and all of that so you have artists like burner boy for instance i recall watching a documentary and he says soke is actually you know we dance to it because the song sounds nice but the lyrics are actually just so flippant sad because he's trying to shine a light on how his people are struggling he did that also throughout his album african giant you think of the song collateral damage there's dangote on the fact that there are all these millionaires how come i'm not able to attain all this money the way that dangote is even 
artists like Fowl. Fowl's was a very prominent artist within the end SARS movement. Let me not say was because it's still happening. It's just that it's not really showing much on our timelines anymore. But Fowl's is speaking out. Even in his music, he raps a lot about the state of Nigeria and the government. Many international artists have jumped onto the trend and made Afrobeats music. And none bigger than Beyonce with her 2019 album, The Gift. The Gift and its accompanying film, Black is King, raise the question of cultural appropriation. But as Kat points out, there is a difference between cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation. Some people like to argue that it's cultural appropriation, but I really don't think so. I think when you're working with the originators of the genre, when you're actually collaborating with them, then I would definitely not say cultural appropriation, more of an appreciation. And also, I think it's important for artists to expand. I'm all for exploring sounds and trying to see how can I bring this into my own sound. As long as you're not claiming that you pioneered the sound when you didn't, then by all means, please, you know, give us something. As recent as 10 years ago, it was unimaginable that songs sung in Yoruba or Pidgin would be released by major labels, let alone collaborations instigated by international artists. These artists and record labels realized the potential of combining two global markets. Afrobeat star Davido accurately puts it as, it's our new oil when describing the genre's economic and cultural potential. To immerse yourself in more Afrobeats, be sure to check out the Reverb Afrobeats playlist available via our Instagram page at The Reverb Podcast. There you'll find other playlists and information regarding the show. Also be sure to join us next time on The Reverb as we round off the Get to Know the Genre series by taking a look at R&B. Thank you to Kat for joining me today and thank you all for listening. Goodbye for now.